Welcome to the NBA Hangout presented by Playbook Sports. I'm your host, Brandon. With me, as always, is Dave. Dave, how are you? Things are good, man. How are you? I'm doing all right. It's been a relatively quiet week compared to the tournament, to when the in-season tournament was going on, but still stuff to talk about. Um, we'll leave the Draymond stuff for everyone else to talk about because that's what I'm talking <laughs> about. <laughs> but I think what we can touch on is the best teams in the West the best teams in the east and we can do another check-in with the rookies um so just an all-around check-in episode uh here today um particularly the clippers i want to touch on with the west and with the east just you know the bucks the celtics the sixers uh the top three teams there and we can dive into other teams as we see fit how does that sound and it sounds good to me let's go since the clippers got uh harden it, it was a little rough a little rough to start um they made a lineup change. They took Russ off of the bench. Um, they started to play hard in more minutes, rest a little, a little less uh, minutes. And with that, they have had the, in their last ten games. Right now, they have the current. Currently, they have the longest winning streak in the NBA. Um, in their last ten, they're ten and two, um, and they're looking like a real threat in the West. How do you think they stack up against the top teams in the West? as it looks right now with the Minnesota, OKC, and Denver, obviously, as the reigning champs up there. Um, how do you think the Clippers are going to fare out this year, So uh, heading heading further into the year? So, uh, well, first thing, props to the Clippers. Like, uh, we, we, we spoke about them a few few shows ago. And, uh, like, it was, it was all about getting reps, right? They didn't have a training camp together. They needed to get reps, and it's showing. They look good. They're playing well. Um, how they stack up. Like I, I still worry about their depth. Um, you go into a playoff series against those other three teams and, you know, I'm just more confident in the other three teams ability to go deep. Uh, I think the Clippers have enough time still. There's still going to be the trade deadline. There's still going to be the buyout season. There's still going to be ways to add, Right. Two guys who can come off the bench for you, maybe really just good role up. players. Yeah, just to stir up that rotation since they did lose quite a bit to the Sixers in that in that deal. Um, the interesting thing, though, with them is in that se- during that seven game win streak, um, Harden, Harden, Paul George, and Kawhi, in the time that they've played together have had a 128.3 offensive rating and a 109.3 defensive rating, um, generating a net rating of 19 plus one, which is pretty good. And with if you sub out Harden, put in Russ, um, they still had a 122.9 uh, offensive rating, a 97.6 defensive rating, and a plus 25.3 net rating. So no matter the combination, they haven't lost what they had with Russ. They've been able to still get that in spurts, even though it's much less. I think he's under 20 minutes per game in the last 10 games. Um, they've still been able to get uh, good production um, from Russ and Kawhi and Paul George. Kawhi especially. Like in this... Last little run there. He has looked almost like his 2019 self. He hasn't missed a game yet, which is that's crazy. Incredible. Yeah. Like, I didn't think we'd, we'd be this far, almost a third into the season um, with Kawhi not missing any game so far. Um, I think his play, it's been, it's been, it's still a little early, you know, still a third of the way. And he did start off rough, especially when Harden came in. But in the last 10 games, he is averaging 29 points, six and a half rebounds, almost four assists, shooting 60% from the field. 
57 percent from three and which uh, generates a 71.2 true shooting percentage which is just out of this world um if that play continues for me i see them i've always been a big clippers guy in the past even when they didn't have harden just with um the paul george and, and Kawhi stuff um they just kind of fell short due to injury and, and other mishaps but if this team can be healthy come the playoff time with Kawhi playing playing at this level i really see them as a hard out for for anybody i know we have like our doubts with like harden and, and such but i think this is a a truly tough out uh in a playoffs setting yeah you know it <laughs> It really comes down to, it really does come down to health with these guys and especially with Kawhi um, because it, it seemingly with Kawhi, when he gets knocked down, it takes him a little while to get back to full steam um, because I think it was at the end of last year as well. He was just playing out of his mind and then he yeah. got like, then he got a little bit of a leg injury. And that sets him back and it takes him a while to get going and to trust his legs and to, and to be this guy. Um, yeah. If, if they make it to the playoffs and they're in a good position, like chances are they, they could play their way into home court advantage and it's, it's really just stay healthy. I mean, the, uh, the rules against sitting have changed and I think that hurt this team the most. But that yeah. said, like Kawhi and Paul George, you're right. Just keep playing. Just keep playing. Yeah, they, they've been up for the challenge of proving kind of to the NBA world that, no, we can actually play these games uh, consistently and be healthy for a long, long stretches of of a time. Um, I, I, like, I think Paul George has missed just one, one or two games. I think it's just one game and he left early the other game um, for an injury. Um, but he's pretty much played all all the games as well which again like if you told me Kawhi and Paul George are going to play every single game up until this point of the season I would have I would have for sure thought you were lying to my face um <laughs> but that hasn't that's been the case they've been healthy and they've looked really good since they started to figure out um roles for all their top top guys and zooming out to the re- west of the rest of the west um we have OKC in Minnesota um, as at the at the one and two spot with the Mavs in that third spot, um, anything kind of shocking there, or surprising to you, or notable that you'd like to mention? Uh, just those three teams, like OKC, um, Minnesota, the Mavs, the Mavs current construction. Like, I like all three of those teams. Um, I would like to see them prove it in the playoffs and that's really the question about those three teams yeah can they can they do it in the playoffs like i've had my doubts about minnesota and the fit and the balance amongst their front court but that said like anthony edwards and carl anthony towns are playing amazing together and it doesn't matter that they just have giant men who play (laughs) in the center court with rudy and towns they're the it's it's working. They're figuring working, it out. Yeah. There's enough speed down there um, that they're not getting just like cut up. I uh, I'm really excited for this year's playoffs. I'm really excited to see how all these teams grow. Uh, I think you've got a lot of teams that could make second round of the playoffs right here, maybe even yeah. third. Um, and uh, 
And the thing about those three teams as well is they're all young. They're all young, yeah, like and they should all continue to uh, to play well into the future. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Like that, that's going to make these playoffs really fresh if some of this can hold can hold still. Because um, when you look down further down the list on the Western Conference standings, it, you have the Lakers, Phoenix, and the Warriors in your 9, 10, and 11 spot, which, you know, usually you would see those type of teams higher up with, you know, you have KD, you have LeBron, you have Steph, you have like all your marquee guys um, sort of in that group there. Um, So to see them at the bottom end and to see like Minnesota, OKC, Dallas, even Sacramento right now is in the fifth seed, um, seeing those teams kind of rise up feels like a changing of the guard moment. We'll see if that really comes to fruition once the playoffs do start, once we get closer to that time. But as it stands right now, I think that's something exciting to look out. Now, we do know Denver is the reigning champ. So of all these teams there, um, Clippers, Mavs, OKC, Minnesota. OKC just played uh, Denver the other night. Uh, SGA, again, was incredible and had a, a game winner in that one. Um <laughs> Who do you? Who, he just—he's just a ridiculous. He's so good. Honestly, he's a, ridic- a ridiculous player. Like I've lost, I've met lots of words for him. Like he's just been so good this year. Um, out of those um, teams, there, who do you see best fit to take down the Denver Nuggets currently? Probably the best fit to take them down is the Timberwolves, mostly because. Denver's best players, Jokic, right? And Jokic being a center playing down low, right? To have Rudy Gobert, whose entire job is just to slow Jokic, because he won't stop him. I think, I think if you look at their history uh, going together, like Jokic just continues to take it to Rudy, but he's got help. He's got help in Cat um, and, uh, and Naz Reed. And I think uh, I think the Timberwolves, they just have the size to take on the Nuggets. Um, you know, Chet Holgram, he's in his, technically his rookie year. Uh, it's the same with uh, Lively there in Dallas. Like, those, those guys, they're playing really well. They've been really, really good. And we'll get to them in the, in the rookie segment of this, of this show, but they're just, they're not ready to play Jokic, right? No, no. And, and that's why I think like, I think the Timberwolves are really the team that's positioned to do it. The Lakers with AD, um, if the Clippers want to get serious and, and take a run at the West, like I do believe that they're going to need a big center to uh to take it to Jokic. Yeah, cuz I think I think if you're the Clippers, uh yeah, circling back to them, the way that you want to match up with Denver there is you you're, you're going to well, one you're going to hope that one of these other teams like Minnesota does take them out for you. <laughs> yeah. You you're better suited to you're better suited to take out one of these other teams if you're the Clippers. Um but if you if you are matched up with with Denver in that type of way you're going to hope that you're switching and your your versatility in that way can kind of just muck things up enough to to give you a little bit of an advantage um Harden has been playing you know better on the defensive end he's been playing pretty well in that system like switching systems he tends to do better and then when you have to play drop like he did in in the Sixers with the Sixers mm. um the one thing i with Denver that I'm just keeping an eye on because, you know, they, they were defending champs, so I kind of give them a little bit of grace. Um, Michael Porter Jr. has played much better this year. Like He's, he's shown that he's taken a step. Um, but Aaron Gordon has kind of taken a slight step backwards. But I'm waiting to kind of see if this is just like a, we just won the championship, so I'm not going to really 
put forth that same effort until it's really time to. Like we're still in a playoffs spot. We're still in a home court advantage playoff seed. Um, so do I? Does he? He doesn't really need to exert that extra oomph until it's time. You know, until it's like game time, playoff time. Um, so I'm still the book's kind of out on there. And they also, you know, we're missing Jamal Murray for so long, and they just got him back recently. So. There's still like a little a little questions I've had of Denver, but I, again, I had questions of Denver last year too. So, who am I to say what's good and what's bad? <laughs> what's, what's good and what's bad with them? Um, hey, every team has questions, right? And uh, and it's really about you know for general managers, it's really about how many of those questions can you answer throughout the season? How many of your weaknesses can you tie up? There's no such thing as a perfect team. Perfect team wins no. 82 games. It's never happened. We've come close. 73 for the uh, yeah. Warriors. 73, 73 yep. for Warriors, 72 for Bulls. But yeah, we've gotten yeah. close, but no. We've gotten close, perfect. but nobody's perfect, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's always about addressing questions. And, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, hopefully guys who you have questions about uh, just just step up and have magical performances and turn it on. And then if not, then you have the off season to, to deal with that. Yeah. To cry. Um, and uh, hopefully you didn't lose too much money on, uh, on all of your bets, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to our newest sponsor at playbook sports. And that is parlay play. Parlay play is a fast growing daily fantasy sports platform with a specific focus on player prop parlays. When signing up, you immediately receive $5 free on playbook. They offer weekly free-to-play contests where you can compete and track your picks against other users, paid contests where users can deposit their own money and enter contests to win up to 75 times their money per entry, as well as to play your normal daily fantasy sports. Each first-time depositor is given a first-time deposit match of up to $100 when you use code PLAYBOOK. That is code PLAYBOOK. So moving on to the East now, so the top three teams there, we have are the Boston Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Philadelphia 76ers. All I think we could have guessed starting the year. Like these are probably the, the three teams. So now that we've gone a third about a third of the way into the season, um, of those three teams, who are you the most confident in in a playoff series to go all the way to the to the championship round? Uh so like I know I like bang this this drum a lot, but for me it's it's depth and balance. So Boston looks really good to me. All three of these teams have superstars, you know, Jason Tatum, uh Giannis and and Damian. And uh and you've got uh you've got the defending MVP there in uh Philadelphia. What's yeah. his name? I love him. Embiid. 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 Joel, <laughs> right? And he just had an amazing game. I think he just dropped like 42. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just I just like the balance of Boston right now. Um, they don't have a lot to do, in my opinion, if they mm-hmm. go through the, uh, the trade deadline with making no moves. I wouldn't be terribly upset. Yeah, I think I think the Celtics are are pretty much set as it is right now. They just got to play the games out and get to the playoffs, and we can evaluate. I think they're the one team of all, maybe even in the, the East and the West, that you can just say this is a team. No real upgrades need to be coming, um, and they could just roll from here. Like they might add a buyout guy here or there if someone uh, breaks loose that they like, or if an injury happens, they might have to make 
a little move. But yeah, I think you're right on that. Like their depth, their their starters all look pretty fun, pretty good. They um, fit well. They haven't had any major issues. They're 20 and five on the season. They're they're completely dominating as they usually do. Um, my only worry with them is once it comes into the clutch times, um, like fourth quarter, close games. Um, I'm still seeing some of those habits that that have been irking them for the last like three, four years of of getting stagnant on offense, um, getting complacent, uh, letting other teams come back. Um, it's gotten a little bit better, you know. They've only had five losses, but when they do face a, a, a tough team, I I see it creep up here and there. So I'll be, I think, moving forward, just watch. I'll be watching to see how much that really does affect them and how much they can clean that up by the time playoffs come because. That's kind of where they got hurt by the Heat last year was in those fourth quarters. They would have the lead for most of those games, and then um, the Heat would kind of just storm back and and create a lot of turnovers on, on Tatum and Jalen Brown. So those two guys in particular, um, just seeing how they can handle you know some of that extra pressure, traps, and all that type of stuff. See see how that goes uh, later on in the season. Yeah, I mean. Maybe maybe it's just one of those things. If they if they target anyone at the deadline, it's just it's just those types of vets who have like won a lot of games, who have closed out a lot of games, and yeah. just you know, no one to slow down a team that's on a run. Right? It's probably the coach's the job. Yeah. Um. You know, you got to use your you got to use your timeouts. You got to slow teams that go on runs, and. Uh, that that might be Boston's question is the strength of their coaching, but you know we're gonna we're gonna see it out. We're gonna we're gonna they readjusted yeah. their team this off season for this coach. Let's see it yeah. out. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, they they made it much more uh, friendlier for him because I think the the build before is kind of still Eme's build. So yeah, I think you're 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 right there. And with the um. The Sixers, though, I am a little more fascinated by because they, they, they are a team that did get a lot of depth when they traded away Harden and depth that they honestly could have used because when Harden was kind of there this year, he wasn't playing. <laughs> so, so he was, they were able to kind of get, they're able to get some, some holes to fill, especially in the wing position, you know, with Batum and Morris coming in and, and playing well. And they've leaned on, um, um, what's his name? Uh, Anthony Melton a little more in that backup role, starting sometimes here. Ubre was out, but he's back in. But he's looked really good for them. Nick Nurse seems to just have them humming. But with Nick Nurse, we do know that he's going to be playing his guys a lot. So I do get worried that when it comes to playoff time, how Embiid is going to hold up? Because every year, come playoff time, Embiid is hurt. <laughs> Embiid is hurt, or something's going on with Embiid, and you can't uh, make it past that. So challenging second round. Um, so that's my questions with them. How do you feel about the Sixers there? So, so they've looked they've looked phenomenal. They've looked really well. They've blown out pretty much any team that they faced that has been underpowered. Like they've really taken it to them. So yeah. They've looked really good. And and the thing about them is they're really physical, which is really impressive, right? Not a lot of teams can handle that. Um with them, it was like when they got when when they traded away Embiid, or sorry, when they traded away Harden, and they got all those all those pieces not back, New York yet? Yeah, not yet, <laughs> not yet. Give it time, like a year or two. Depends on how this off season goes. Uh, you know, there was talk about them flipping that into another star player or another player that would fit with that group. And yeah, you know, knowing Nick Nurse, he likes to run shallow. Like he likes his best players on the court, uh, especially if you're a two way player. Can they go out? Can they get one more guy? Um, 
does a Zach Levine make sense for this team? Um, you know, there, there, there are dudes out there that can be gettable. Um, the Sixers, the Sixers could just do nothing and be really good, which mm-hmm. is like a scary prospect. They are in a very choice situation, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think I agree with you there. Like, they don't have to make the move, but no. they can make the move. Yeah, um, and with um, Daryl Morey kind of being the head, of, the head there, um, the linchpin there of putting the team together. We do know he's always kind of looking for that next starish type player, and that's kind of like, like you said, kind of accumulated um, those pieces from um, the Clippers for this to, to go and get someone like a Zach Levine. Do you think that Zach Levine is a player that they they need on this team though um, to kind of sure up their spot at the top of the East? I don't, I don't think they need any player. That's that's kind of where they're at. That's the luxury of where they're at. Um, that said, if they can get another player with gravity, like Zach Levine has gravity. You have to respect him on the court. And in doing so, you're just going to open up more space for Embiid, for Maxi, for the forgotten man. Uh, Tobias. <laughs> Tobias Harris. Thank you. I forgot yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> right? It, it could do a lot for you, but you don't need it, right? You could right. just go out and get plug-and-play defenders. You could go out and, you know, try and, uh, you know, try and convince Golden State to blow it up and spend everything on Steph. Who knows, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, th- I think that's right there. Like, I, I kind of... A part of me feels like they need another player there um, just to kind of sure things up, but... But they're playing so well. Really, it just they're playing it so looks well, like exactly. they don't. Yeah, they're playing so well and everyone kind of fits their role. And when that sort of happens, I'm less in I'm less sensitive to to want to break that up. Um chemistry is hard to come by. Like good chemistry is hard to come by. And when you have something like that, it's almost better to kind of roll it roll with it than to mess it up. Like if a if a player comes around that's like too hard to pass, like if an OG again, I'm gonna mention if an OG um falls on your lap for something cheaper because he hasn't been getting the opportunities in Toronto as he as you expect him to. Um, they don't seem to be prioritizing him over there right now at all. So if that if he's like a guy that's on the move for cheaper, um, that makes sense for me because I don't know if they really need that much of an offensive punch because you have you have the MVP and to speak on the the former MVP and beat. I think he's in I think he's in line to kind of uh, maybe repeat that award. Um, he's gotten better <laughs> from last year. He's he's just, he's getting way more assists than he did ever has. Um, his turnovers are still an issue, but at least he's finding players now, looking for them and and getting them in the right spots. Tyrese Maxey stepping up is a part of that, but just want to give Embiid a bit of his flowers for how he's he's you know continuing to improve uh, on the season. Um, but yeah, with that said, um, are there any other teams in the East that you think that can kind of knock on that door? I mean. I'm going to say the Heat because I'm a little bit of a homer <laughs> there. And they, they, they fare better in playoff and playoff play than they do in season play. That's just how they're kind of built. Um, but any other teams that you see um, in the mix there? Uh, yeah, so I, I agree with you. Like I, like I like where the Heat are sitting. I believe like last year they were, they were flirting with like eighth, you know, yeah, throughout most yeah. of the year. Right now they're in fifth. 
and they're not far away from fourth. And I think they're a stronger long-term bet than the Orlando Magic for fourth. Uh, I could really see the Heat, you know, going into this this uh, playoffs with home field, home field, home court advantage, and um, and I just like I trust them more than New York. Uh, I think the Pacers, you know, uh, you mentioned this before we we got doing this, but like they've had a bit of an in-season tournament hangover, but I think they can yeah. get up there. Uh, yeah. Everyone else. No, I don't, I don't really trust them. I don't trust any team outside of really, really this top seven. Um, even the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I don't think Donovan buys in. No. And that's, that's a big question now. Cause you, you know, Mobley and Darius Garland both are out for, uh, I think six to eight weeks each. Um, so if you're if you're the Cavs, how do you play out the rest of this season? Like, what is your goal for this season? Is it just to to make sure you're in a playing spot by the time the by the time those guys come back, so you can maybe make a run to be a six seed, so you're not in the playing, and then make a run in in the playoffs? Do you kind of use this as an opportunity to see what's out there for Mitchell? Maybe not pull the trigger, but just you know see what is out there for Mitchell and see who will be a taker for him. I, I mean, for me, like if I'm losing Mobley and Garland for six to eight weeks, t- to me that those two guys are the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like they six are. To eight weeks is probably six to eight weeks is probably generous. Usually, when they say six to eight weeks, it's usually like nine to ten. So. Oh, yeah. So like that's that's the majority of the rest of the season, and. Those guys, those guys are your future. They're really who you care about. You, you're going to keep them long term. For me, figure out what Donovan Mitchell is doing. Is he going to re-sign with you? Is there a sliver of hope? Is there not that? And because if there isn't, trade him now. He'll he'll never have a higher value than he does right now. Trade him now. Get the most you can. Set yourself up. Build around Mobley. Build around Garland. Um, but if Donovan wants to stay or, or, you know, you do have the opportunity to keep him, you're not going to find many better players than Donovan yeah, Mitchell yeah, out there. He's one of the um, premier guys. And not for the next long. Exactly. And not for a while. Like you can get a bunch of draft picks back, but you don't know what you're getting. Yeah. Um, if you can keep Mitchell and he wants to be there long-term, keep Mitchell. then do it all in on that. But if, if he's thinking about moving, now's the time to move him. This year's done. Yeah. Like this year, with those two guys gone, you're gonna be you're gonna be holding off teams for the back end of the plan tournament. Is really worth it. Yeah, I, I struggle to see it. Like I was probably a little lower on the Cavs going into the season than most people were. Um, I didn't foresee it going like this, especially. Um, with the two major injuries there. But yeah, uh, you, you just keep hearing the, the murmurs of him wanting New York, wanting New York, wanting New York. So it, it just mm. makes it kind of, if I was with the Cavs or, you know, if I was a, a Cavs fan, it would make it kind of tough for me to fully buy in that Mitchell wants to be here when every other game I'm hearing um, the possibility of what could be in another city. Um it might be best. I don't know what the noise is around the team. Maybe they're completely fine with it. It's not really a, a bother to them at all. Um, but I would almost want a clean, a clear deck with a player that we know for sure wants to stay, stay uh, 
in Cleveland and in that city for for a long term. So I think yeah, having those conversations with Mitchell will be very important to see how how the future of the Cavs um, look. We'd like to introduce you to our new sponsor here at the Playbook Sports Network, and that is Betalytics. Betalytics is a predictive sports betting software for player and game props. Whether you're new to betting or a seasoned vet, Betalytics will help you win more single bets and parlays and take back the advantage from the sports books. Visit betalytics.com, that's B E T A L Y T I C S.com to sign up. And when you do, use code PLAYBOOK for 25% off. Now, we did talk about a few MVP um, caliber players there. So with with the two with the East and the West, I think our leaders right now would be Jokic, Embiid, um, SGA, um, Luca uh, as well, um, looking to be in that top in that top spot. We're a third of the way into the season. Who do you think might be closing in on that MVP case? Giannis just, you know, had that masterpiece game and then he wanted to steal every single ball <laughs> afterwards. It, um, Yeah, who, who do you see? I was just going to say, poor Giannis gets no respect. <laughs> um, it, it really feels like like we're in the era of dual, dual MVP wins. You know, uh, Jokic has to, Giannis has to, maybe it's Embiid's turn to get his second. And then we move on yeah, to the new crew. The new Is it, you know, next year are we talking about Tatum versus Luca, and who's going to start the next two MVPs? Because really, like we're blessed right now as far as being NBA fans. Like every one of these guys could win the MVP, and it would be it, there would be a good reason. Yeah, for it, right? oh, yeah that's like, fine. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. To have to have so many players in the MVP conversation is like really kind of awesome in my opinion. And I think just kind of like last year, it comes down to like, what do you like? What's your style? I think, I think the runaways are the two centers. I think it's Jokic and Embiid. Uh, I love Luca and I love Shea, but I don't think they're going to get that, that final bump into the MVP conversation. I think it's going to be between um, Embiid and, and Jokic one more time. And right now, Hey, the uh, the people they love Joel. They do. He's he's got the momentum. And the crazy right? the crazy thing about the Joel the Joel case is that he's averaging what thirty almost thirty four points, eleven and a half rebounds, six and a half assists. Yeah, crazy. And he crazy hasn't played numbers. the fourth quarter in four games. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like they are just demolishing teams. He's going crazy, and he's not even playing the full the full a lot of minutes. Um, as the as these other guys are, which is just insane to me. So, I think yeah, the leader sh- is right now. If you go on NBA website and look at their their MVP ladder, the leader right now is Embiid. I think that holds for now. Um, I think yeah, Jokic. Those two guys, Jokic and Embiid, should be one and two. They'll probably interchange throughout the year because Jokic is probably still the best player in basketball right now. But um, um, I think seeing guys like Giannis step up in the last couple of weeks, um, SGA. Luca, um, Luca's a very interesting one to me because I think if there's a guy that kind of wins over the media as well as as well as voters, um, I think if the Mavs, because right now they're sitting, right now the Mavs are sitting in the third spot. If they can hold, if they can even improve that into like a top top two seed, 
I think the Luca noise will become extremely loud because um, right now, as as we record this, he is averaging um, thirty three point or thirty two thirty two points, eight rebounds, nine assists. Um, all that kind of amping up once Kyrie uh, went out, but Kyrie will be back at some point, and maybe those numbers kind of come back to earth. Um, but I think I think my dark horse now, my dark horse to start the season was SGA. I'll still roll with SGA. <laughs> I always will roll with SGA. But I think my true dark horse now might be uh, maybe a sneaky Luca year, as long as the mask can stay can stay uh, uh, stay uh, in that top 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 spot in the Western Conference. Okay, so there's I think there's the question for you though is of those four guys, if you could have one of them for one year, and you could start your franchise with one of them, who would those guys be to start my franchise? Um, yeah, it probably would not be in B to be. I just don't trust him past. Like, yeah, I don't trust him B um, moving forward um, past this year. Really? <laughs> if it's just for this year, I'll take him B. But if it's like um, moving forward, I probably wouldn't be trusting B. I'd probably go. I probably go Jokic. And then SGA and then Luca, because I like SGA's defensive potential over Luca's. That's my only hang up with Luca, really. Like he's he's fine on defense. He's not like a huge negative or anything. But um, uh, Shea is just an active positive <laughs> on that end. Like he had a five. I think he's leading the league in, in steals right now. So like I just can't. I have to pay respect to the, his two way two way ability. Um, no, and and I'm I'm there with you as well. Like you give me just this year, I'm probably going with Embiid. You give me, you know, a new franchise though. That's that's really tough. Like those numbers that that Luca's putting that's up, stupid. like silly, silly, silly stuff, silly numbers. And here's the thing: like the team around him is slowly getting better every year. And he keeps putting up these kind of yeah. numbers. So once once they're done building, like he's still going to put up prestigious numbers. I think I would take him yeah. if I was to start yeah. a team. Yeah, that's right? totally correct. And that, that's tough. Yeah. yeah, I love SGA. And who doesn't love Jokic? Because yeah. you're right. He's probably the best player in the NBA. Yeah, and, and honestly, that for SGA to be even that, in that combo with Luka, we would not, like three years ago, you would not think that would be the case. Like, that's just a testament to like no, how how much no. work he's put in, how how well he's um how well he's led this OKC team. Like they're second seed for a reason, um, and that's quite incredible. Um, yeah, I think I think um, w- no, we were talking about the Clippers earlier and Kawhi's little run there. Do you think Kawhi makes a push? Like if the Clippers can continue climbing this ladder, like let's say they get into a top three seed, do you think he maybe not wins the MVP award because? Uh, he has been healthy this entire year, but it, it'll be he's going to miss some games at some point. He just has to. It's Kawhi. Like, he has to. Um, do you think he would be, hey, make a case for stealing some votes? If Kawhi can shoot 57% <laughs> from three points for the rest of the year, he's the MVP. <laughs> like, that's, that's an insane number. Um, that's the number that stood out to me the most when we were talking about him earlier. Uh, he's he's great. He's unbelievable. Like Kawhi Leonard is the robot we talk about. The challenge with him is just the injuries have made us forget. Yeah, it makes we we forget about how great he can be, right? Like one of one of LeBron's greatest skills is just being out there Ability. night after night yeah. and showing us that he's great. 
you know, Kawhi is awesome, but he doesn't always show us that he's awesome. However, this year, Clippers fans, they know he's awesome. They're getting a nice little treat this year. Welcome to our newest sponsor at Playbook Sports, and that is Parlay Play. Parlay Play is a fast-growing daily fantasy sports platform with a specific focus on player prop parlays. When signing up, you immediately receive $5 free on Playbook. They offer weekly free-to-play contests where you can compete and track your picks against other users, paid contests where users can deposit their own money and enter contests to win up to 75 times their money per entry, as well as to play your normal daily fantasy sports. Each first-time depositor is given a first-time deposit match of up to $100 when you use code PLAYBOOK. That is code PLAYBOOK. I think for our last check-in, we touched on the MVPs, we touched on the East, we touched on the West. We have to touch on the rookies as per usual. Um, so NBA has a rookie ladder out. Um, and as of right now, we have Victor Wembanyama number one, Chet, number two, Brendan Miller, three, Hami Hakez, four, Keontae George at five. And if we go further down that list to six, we have Osir Thompson, seventh, Derek Lively, eighth, Bilal Kolib. Kul- Kulablau, sorry. Kulabi. Kulabi. Uh, ninth. Kulabali. Sorry. <laughs> ninth, we have Brendan. <laughs> it is tough. Brendan uh, Podzemski. And 10th, we have. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this one too. Toriyama Kamara. This um any any surprises here who are your phase any do you think anyone should be higher that is lower um to start uh i don't know if anybody should be higher um it's it's a shame that scoot's not on here and that his his year has started off so slowly and so rockily because I think that I think that Scoot Henderson will still be a really good player and still be remembered well. He's just not going to win rookie no, of the year. Uh, he isn't just it just hasn't started strong for him. It's good to see that Victor has reasserted himself because last time we talked about the rookies, we were talking about how Chet had really kind of come on and shown us like how important what he's doing for a winning team is. But uh, Wembenyama there, he's really... The thing that's really impressed me with him is he's brought up his rebounding a lot. To start the year, he wasn't rebounding a ton, and it was a little bit shocking because he's so long, right? Um, But he seemed to have figured it out. So he's scoring well. He's rebounding well. He's currently averaging a double-double, which is amazing for a rookie. And kind of maybe what we expected if we're being honest with ourselves. I think there were high expectations for Victor. Uh, The last thing, the last thing between him and being like, you know, because right now he's, he's amazing and really difficult to rank just how, uh, how strong he is and then where he sits as far as like best player in the NBA. But if he gets his assists up and he starts to play, make more, because right now he's just a finisher. Yeah. He's just, you know, he's the end of the passing sequence. Um, but if he can get his playmaking up, because we've seen what uh, what playmaking from the center can mean for a team. Yeah. Uh, it's crucial. He's going to be truly special. Yeah, truly, truly special. Yeah, I think the thing with, with Victor, too, is um, 
I wasn't expecting them to, because the last few games, Pops kind of played him at center, took Zach Collins off the bench and kind of bumped it, bumped Vic up uh, to the center position, yeah. which I thought might, you know, that might be a, he might be a year away from like physically being able to handle that. Um, but he, they called his number and he's been up for the task um, right away, um, which is nice to see too, that you can throw him many different looks uh, on a roster and he could fit in any any type of way you can fit in with a bigger lineup you can fit in with a, a smaller lineup and he knows how to how to play each role well if i'm going to make a case for someone being maybe a little lower than they should be for me personally again you know this comes with a little bit of bias but hamehak as i think has been the better rookie over brandon miller who in fair in fairness to brandon since lamella went down he has been a major a major piece for charlotte stepping up in a in a big way for them he has been uh quite good for them um but what hami has done like we talked about how the heat are still kind of a threat to the top teams in the east and part of that reason is because of hami hakas because Hero has been out, Bam's been out, and they still kind of found ways to squeak out games here and there and stay afloat. Um, I think a big part of that is what Hami has, has brought. In Hami's last 18 games, which is a pretty pretty big sample, this is pretty much uh, uh, pretty much taking out like the first like few games he played. Um, he's averaged 16 points, four rebounds, three assists, shot 52% from the field, 44 percent from three on three attempts um 87 from the free throw line and he's just been a pest on defense as well um so if i'm going to make a case for someone to to kind of leapfrog there it would be hami over brandon miller keontae george too has been he start he's he's picked up the starting role in utah and he's been dishing out assists. the efficiency still isn't there um but like Scoot, even though he's not going to be on this list, guards in general in their rookie year tend to tend to struggle with their efficiency. That's just like par for the course. So you're not going to be efficient as a guard. Um, that usually comes second half of the year or even in your second year. So with Keontae George, I think it's been a, 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 a not a shock, but a nice bright spot for uh, Utah so far. Yeah, I mean, yeah, George George was a really good pick on Utah's part, and he's had a really nice start to the year. Um, for, uh, Hami there, like that, that argument between Hami and Brandon Miller is the same argument that we could apply to Victor Wembanyama and Chad Holgram. And it's that, it's that winning situation versus like losing situation. Like Brandon Miller, he's been good all year. And maybe the challenge with him is he's, he's kind of a quiet guy and he's got kind of a quiet game. Um, but he puts up the numbers. He's he's got the numbers. He's played well this year, um, and that just might be who he is for his career. Though it's just kind of like a dude with this quiet game that quietly puts up really nice numbers. And yeah, to be fair, um, to be fair to him too, with Miller is um, he's playing he's playing with a lot of wings. <laughs> like he has, he has to really yeah, fight for yeah. minutes. Like he's he's playing with like PJ Washington, Miles Bridges, you got Gordon Hayward there. Like these are all guys who play the position that he's supposed to be developing and playing to. So yeah, um, that that you know that's a testament to him to still be this high on this list and um, with all that kind of against him. Yeah. Well, and it, and and then it comes down to like Jaime there, like like it's really headline grabbing kind of the stuff that he's doing, especially on defense, right? So he's really kind of created a lot of buzz. But I think what what says a lot about this list is the drop off after number two. Like, I'm sorry, I wasn't. I know he went 
second in the draft, but I wasn't really expecting to talk a lot about Brandon Miller this year. Like I felt, I felt it was going to be a quiet development year for him. And the fact that we've talked so strongly about like Osser Thompson, for example, uh, Bilal Kulabi, right? Uh, Kulabali, sorry, I'm going to get it. Um, you know, as, as guys who have like really shocked this year, like, Koulibaly is is averaging under 10 points like that's that's not really something to get crazy excited for except he's shown flashes of you know being a really nice player yeah um you know I think there's a lot of really really good role players like a lot of guys who are playing their role really well um yeah like Derek but the stars are the two centers yeah the stars are the two centers at the top of the uh Rookie ranks. Yeah, those are those are going to be your two stars there. I think the rest are are more or less um, going to be rolled to potential on a good year all star guys like on a you know yeah. everything breaks right type of year. Um, yeah, nothing wrong yeah. with that. Um, of the other rookies to mention, I think Derek Derek Lively has been playing a real solid role. Like we talk about Maz being playing well this year. Part of that is to they found a a big man who they can trust. Um, Crazy that's a rookie, but he's been he's been <laughs> he's been the one to to kind of come in, fill in the role, do exactly what is needed, and nothing more, nothing less, which is which is what you want. Little stat it shows here is that he's been shooting eighty percent since Thanksgiving, um, which is absurd. But you know he is a big man, so he's by the basket, <laughs> and he does have Luca hand feeding him a lot of those buckets. But it's still impressive to see. Yeah, you don't you don't get that often. And um and Brandon on um on a uh, Golden State, he, I think he's just replaced um. Wiggins in the starting lineup um, over in Golden State. So he's getting that opportunity, that bump. So we'll see how that kind of pans out. And um, it's just good to see that Kerr moving in a new direction with rookies since, you know, his vets are starting to 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 fade out on him. <laughs> yeah, it's getting, it's getting kind of dire there in, uh, in Golden State. Um, hopefully we're talking good things for Steph Curry here soon. I, I surely hope so because it's looking pretty pretty bleak for them. Like when you have Kerr going to rookies to start is oh, quite al- quite alarming. Um, <laughs> he does not traditionally does not love to play as rookies, so quite alarming stuff um, over there in Golden State. Um, I think that, that I think that's a good check in for this week. Is there, is there anything else uh, that we kind of missed or should we touch on before we we get out of here? No, I, as you said, like everybody else has, has something to say about Draymond Green and what's going on there and kind of the whole, the whole challenge that Golden State is going through, but they're a great team. They're going to figure something out. Um, yeah, there's, I missed the in-season tournament. I don't know. Me too. I loved it. Me too. (laughs) It was really fun. It was a lot of talk. It really was. was a lot of talk about when that was going on. Um, so that will do it for this episode of the NBA Hangout. Thank y'all for hanging out with us. It's pre- this is presented by Playbook Sports. You can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Hangout, on Instagram at the NBA.hangout. Um, you can follow me at BJAY93 underscore. Um, and that should do it. Thank you. Peace. <laughs>